What do we do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, and also introducing listeners to the leaders in our community. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen, alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. Hi, I'm Dewey Steffen. Our goal with the What Do We Do podcast is to educate listeners on topics that impact your financial growth, your retirement, and your lifestyle. Join us twice a month as we welcome some of today's leaders in the community, plus experts in finance and retirement, to inform listeners on the topics that impact us all. These conversations can help you make better decisions so you can plan for and live your best life. Here's Dewey Steffen alongside Kyle Bogey. Well, here we go. Episode 34 of the What Do We Do podcast. Kyle Bogey, Dewey Steffen here inside the headquarters of Great Lakes Wealth. And uh, Dewey, we've made the transition here in 2021 to guests appearing on the What Do We Do podcast. And I I can certainly speak for myself, and you're about to allude to it as well. Uh, A friend of yours, you know, professional relationship as well. We're really happy to have this second guest uh, of the year with us here on the What Do We Do podcast. Yes, absolutely, Kyle. And before we give him his formal and uh, uh, respectable introduction, we're going to remind the viewers and the listeners that this podcast is all about community and our involvement in giving back to the community. And as we've said before, you have a lot to say, Kyle. Sully over there, I mean, he's a man of many, many words. I add a little bit of value, but when we can deep, when we can get into our community and grab those leaders, those professionals that can give a little different insight, that makes everyone that much uh, better, right? So with that, I would love to introduce today Casey Herbis. Casey, welcome. Good to see hey, you, my thanks. man. Uh, episode 34. 34. Wow. I've listened to 33 of them, and now I'm here. Wow. So I'm excited. Yeah. A P1, long a dedicated time, listener. Long-time listener, first-time uh, guest. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're the second guest ever, <laughs> right? That's, that's and amazing. so we practiced with the first one, and this is the go time, right? right? So with that, listen, everyone. Casey Herbis is the Chief Marketing Officer of Quicken Loans. He oversees both online and traditional marketing initiatives while driving new innovative strategies to captivate the audience of the nation's largest and most trusted mortgage lender, Rocket Mortgage. Mm-hmm. To achieve these goals, Casey leads a marketing group of more than 300 team members known as Detroit's premier in-house agency. And bogey, as they say, timing is everything, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, just three days ago on Sunday, we had the Super Bowl. Can you imagine... Right after that, and the commercial that we saw from Rocket Mortgage, this is one of the great uh, reasons and examples of why Casey's here. Under Casey's leadership, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans launched one of 2021's highest-rated Super Bowl commercials, starring Hollywood A-lister Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Fantastic. And his team also announced an exclusive multi-year partnership with the NFL, making Rocket Mortgage the first official mortgage sponsor of the NFL in over a decade. And I'm not done. I'm going to go quick, (laughs) but you have no idea how important this is. Along with Quicken Loans, Casey oversees the marketing efforts for other successful businesses within the Rock family of companies, including Quicken Loans Mortgage Services, Rocket Homes, and Rocket Central, which helps to elevate these brands into their respective industries. Last but certainly not least, Casey joined the Quicken Loans family in 2017 after, I can't believe this, Casey, because I've known you this long, 24 years (laughs) in automotive marketing. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Most recently, leading advertising and communications for Fiat, where he helped successfully introduce the Fiat brand to American car buyers. With that... Casey Herbis, thanks for coming on. What do we do? Hey, man. Thanks, uh, Bogey. Dewey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited uh, jumping in. I think it's absolutely uh, a great honor to have a chance to chat with you guys and talk about what's happening in the community and the market and... You know, see if I can't bring a little value to the uh, well to the discussion. You're already bringing value because I, I feel severely underdressed. Okay, I wish I would have known pocket square, well, you know, coat. I mean, everything. This listen, is unbelievable. I, I've been in sweatpants and a <laughs> golf pullover for 12 months, as we all so have. When right? I got the phone call to come to Great Lakes Wealth, I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I had to blow the dust off the jacket today, throw the flower on, little. 
pocket square. I mean, it's the first time I've been out in a year, so <laughs> kind of excited. Well, with all that, Casey, I want to start at the beginning, right? I want you to talk about your Detroit roots. I know you're a local uh, guy. I've known you for a long time. But with that, please just talk about your uh, background in Metro Detroit and then your path to being CMO at Quicken Loans. Yeah, I'm so born and raised in the Metro Detroit area. You know, my father was a firefighter at, uh, in Ferndale for 26 years. Um, and when I graduated from high school, I somehow had grades to go to the school just a little about 45 miles uh, northwest of you in East Lansing. I don't know how I, the grades now, I don't think I could get into Ohio's, <laughs> Ohio State, but uh, uh, did four years at Michigan State, was an advertising major, came out of school. Like a lot of things in life, I you know had a, uh, a neighbor and a networking uh, opportunity where somebody helped me get my first start at an ad agency, right? A lot of times, sometimes your first jobs, it's not necessarily what you know, but it's who you know, but you got to apply the what once you got there. And uh, I started working for Chrysler's agency right out of school, and it was an awesome 17-year run. I was 23 years old. I moved down to Memphis, Tennessee. I'd never been south of the Mason-Dixie line, which was very interesting, uh, moving from uh, the north down to south for uh, a couple of years. Learned a lot. Learned a lot about myself and community and culture. And then after Memphis, I moved to Houston for two years. Loved it down there. What an amazing Amazing city and culture, really vibrant uh, place. Would love to retire down there, actually, one day. Then moved back up to Detroit and, uh, you know, was with, with, uh, was with the agency that supported Chrysler for 17 years. And I uh, had a great run there. Loved, loved it. Worked with car dealers, which, you know, we've all dealt with car dealers. I mean, they are brilliant business people, pillars in the community, uh, and they can challenge it, right, especially when it comes to uh, advertising and marketing. But I learned a lot working with car dealers. And then uh, I had a chance is when Chrysler went into bankruptcy, came out of bankruptcy, that changed a lot in the, the advertising community in Detroit. Uh, General Motors had their agency relationship for over 95 years. That went away. Chrysler, we were their agency for 65 years. That went away. The, the OEMs, the automakers had to make changes, and rightfully so. And uh, during the midst of that change, a client of mine at Chrysler asked me if I'd join Chrysler. And this was just as Mr. Marchioni and the Italians were coming over and, you know, changing the name to, you know, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. And so I joined Chrysler in 2011. And right when I got there, so I went from the agency guy to the client, uh, literally on a Friday and a Monday. And uh, when I got there, it was quickly was asked to lead the Fiat brand, launching back in the U.S. And uh, that was a complete wild ride. I mean, it was a chance. There's not many times in your career you get to uh, in automotive marketing to launch a brand while I was also building a dealer network. It really hadn't been done since Mini Cooper did it in 2001. And we're doing it in 2010 and 11. The media and the advertising world had changed so much. And it was tough times in 2011 and 12, right, where the market was. And uh, it was awesome. Like, traveled the world, shot a few Super Bowl ads, worked with a bunch of celebrities. was awesome. And uh, along the way... I got a phone call from uh, our CEO, Jay Farner, and who was the CMO and president down at Quicken Loans and asked me to come down and interview for the CMO job. Took a few months, and here we are four years later, and it is awesome. Born and raised in Metro Detroit, to be downtown, work downtown with a great company, people, and culture is uh, – I'm very, very blessed. It's, uh, so it's, it's, been a, it's been a very, very fast four years. In some ways, it feels like four minutes. In some ways, it feels like 40 years. But it's uh, it's an amazing, it's been just an amazing, blessed experience so far. Well, Casey, we get to talk quite a bit, and uh, after 24 years and all of that that you just went through, I know that you're just getting started, right? Yeah. Like uh, we say here in the podcast. So you know, with that, um, why don't you just focus in on that transition over to uh, Quicken Loans and what I hear is Detroit's in-house agency, and why is that a big deal? Yeah, and so the the and you guys, you know, in the business and being in the marketplace, uh, Detroit advertising community is huge. It's one of the largest in the country. Um, obviously, built on the backs of the automakers, um, we still have you know thousands of uh, employees in the marketplace that work in marketing and advertising. And you have a lot of ad agencies, and you have media companies, and you have publishers. Uh, a lot of the media companies and publishers have brick and mortar in Detroit, servicing the automakers, and now brands and companies like Quicken Loans and Carhartt. Little Caesars, so on and so forth. And uh, <clears throat> um, so I did 17 years on the agency side. And then my seven years at Chrysler, we we're pretty much solely dependent on agencies. And so now at Quicken Loans, we have our own in house agency team, as you mentioned. And to me, it's the best of both worlds. So it's half, you know, I wear the hat of a, you know, we'll call it the client 
uh, overseeing all the creative work uh, half the day. And the other half the day, I'm running a large in-house agency of 300 team members where we're doing everything between Super Bowl and T-shirts and everywhere in between. So for me, <clears throat> you had mentioned just getting started. I tell people, too, like I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. When I grow up, and I've been doing this 28 <laughs> years, so I don't know how many more years are left on the tires, but there's plenty, uh, plenty left uh, on the treads, and I'm excited to see what you know what can happen. And I think I'm at the perfect company in the best city in the world to uh, make that happen. Well, it's no secret that uh, with Dan Gilbert and Jay Farner, you know your <coughs> predecessor in that role, they started, I guess, down this path, right? And they've handed it to you to kind of take it to that next level, right? So as we talk about all the different components that go into it, can we start with the NFL partnerships and like just, just most recent Super Bowl, the commercial, and maybe focus on that, that what we just saw and how it went down and how much planning and all that kind of goes into it. And then maybe the rest with the, the Super Bowl squares, all yeah, of this is sure. amazing, right? Want to start with Super Bowl? Let's do it. I mean, I haven't slept in, I'm going on about 40 days. So, so <laughs> I know it doesn't look like it, but I have not literally So slept talk about days. Super Bowl. You're yeah. at home with your wife and your kids watching I'm the at, game I'm with popcorn, I'm at work right? watching it with about 30 people making you have a, social. You have a war room. <laughs> I've seen it. You have a war room. Am I, am I right or wrong? Yeah. We have, a, we're, we have a smaller scale war room this year because of you know doing everything in a safe and healthy manner. But last year in our Super Bowl commercial, Jason Momoa, we had 50 people. And we're going from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it is like, you know, it's like mission control, social digital PR, activating our Super Bowl square, so on and so forth. But, you know, doing doing a Super Bowl ad, and I've shared this story with uh, young people in the business and wherever I, um, you know, I'm blessed enough to talk. Doing a Super Bowl ad as a marketer is the most terrifying, painful <laughs> 60, 30 or 60 seconds of your life. Because it's pass-fail like that. And you're exactly right, Bogey. And when you say pass-fail, it's like, you know, to bring a Super Bowl ad to life is generally six to seven months. And, you know, there's a lot of work, right? Look at finding the right idea. Then you're like, okay, the idea generally for Super Bowl involves celebrities or music. Then you've got to get the celebrity and the music on board. Oh, the, by the way, you got to find the right director. <laughs> then you got to figure out where to shoot it. And then, you know, for a 60-second commercial in the Super Bowl, you could be shooting five to seven days, 12 to 14 hours a day to get 60 seconds of film, right? So there's a lot of stress just to walk out, you know, to flip the camera off, walk off set, get on a plane, come home, and then you're like, all right, we got in the can. Now, then the hard work starts is how do you take seven days of shooting 14 hours a day, all that film, and put it, you know, the Jenga pieces together to develop a 60-second piece. And at the end of the day, you put it up there, and then you sit back, and it's it's a strange feeling. Now, this, this was my sixth Super Bowl spot that I've been a part of, and it's the oddest feeling because it's the, the spot comes up, and it then goes to the next commercial, right? It goes from Rocket Mortgage to wherever, UPS or wherever the other brands are. And you think you're celebrating. It's literally just like it's – like, it's kind of like, like all that, and it's done. And then you sit there, and then the world we live in today, and we all know this, it is – you know, judge and jury of this, this, or this. And it's, you know, it's like anything else. It could be 90% this, but that's, it's that 10% of this that just grinds on you and it makes you want to be, you know, to be better. Like, oh, what did I miss? Or where are our blind spots? So, so with, with that being said, because that, that fascinates me, and, you know, obviously Rocket Mortgage is everywhere. You know, there is, there's branding, there's commercials, there's all of these things that you guys are doing, and that's more so, you know, simply just to make sure the messaging is out there and make sure that Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loans is just simply everywhere. But with a Super Bowl ad, you're trying to shock, awe, wow, entertain I got to believe there is so much other thinking. That's probably why you haven't slept in 40 days because it's a completely different mindset, I feel, than normal ads. Yeah. If, I, if I could tell them real quick, yeah. you know, for the listeners out there, in the past, Casey's team is responsible for, which Casey led that team at Fiat, for the one, if you remember the old guy, I think, in Italy that was dropping the Viagra down the... Blue pill. Blue pill, sorry, whatever, <laughs> down the yeah. drain pipe into the car that takes <laughs> oh, off, yeah. right? That was, I mean, cutting-edge stuff that it's like, again, it's not thought, just... That, that spot, it was like a... It, we shot it in Tuscany for two weeks, which was not a bad place to hang out. Oh, yeah. But um, it was like the whole idea was that, you know, an older gentleman went to go pop a quote-unquote blue pill in his mouth. It falls, falls all through the, the Italian village, falls into the, the gas tank of a Fiat 500, and then the Fiat 500 expands, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, to a Fiat, <laughs> the bigger, Fiat, bigger and more powerful Fiat 500X. And I remember thinking was, 
oh my god, Viagra's gonna sue the crap out of us when the spot aired, and you didn't know because it was cheeky and. People loved it. America, I think it was number three on USA Today Admiral year that day, and we weren't even trying, really. It was like, we just thought it was a really fun idea that, you know, uh, lined up with the brand. But when I knew that was happening, I thought to myself, if this goes wrong, the CEO of the company goes right into Casey's office. Mm-hmm. And says, Are you like the right? The, the blame comes to if it's a success, they keep yep. the, the blame goes the other way. So then the next year, I think it was maybe the next year, was where there was a uh, you know a woman on the beach with a, a top and some kind of scorpion or something like uh, undoes the top or something. I'm like, what is going on here? Is that is <laughs> those, that accurate too? Those those are accurate stories, yeah. okay? <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, yeah. what happened to like the Clydesdales cruising through yeah. town, you know? Now, what uh, Budweiser has Clydesdales, Fiat had scorpions, and Supermodels and, and blue pills. And blue so pills. talk about yeah. this one we just saw a few yeah. days ago. What was the uh, genesis of that? And uh, you know, are you you got to be ecstatic with the results? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, absolutely, just awesome. In which uh, seven months ago we started, uh, we wor- worked with ad agencies, and generally we're an in-house agency. But when it comes to Super Bowl, we'll bring we'll bring outside creative agencies in because when you go spend as much money you do, I mean, a sixty-second spot in the Super Bowls nine million dollars plus. Mm-hmm. Plus production, plus you know the cost, the costs you know to bring it all to life. So you want to make sure you have the right idea. And so starting in July, we started looking at ideas and working with agencies. So we saw 150 ideas, and over the course of time, wow. you start to whittle them down. Like this doesn't make sense. Let's work this. Is there a celebrity? Is you know now we're seeing like very ironically is a lot of the ads we saw last weekend. Those were we had ideas with those celebrities, but it just they didn't make sense along the way. But ultimately, you land on. Our idea that we just ran—it's our, you know, pretty sure versus certain with Tracy Morgan. We saw it very early, actually, the first round of creative, and the creative agency pitched it using Tracy's like this. The creative director did a knockdown impersonation of it, and the agency left the room, and we all looked back and we're like, "That might be it." And it was early. I'm like, oh, "I don't know. It's early. It's early." I mean, a lot of things can happen, but over the course of time, we're like, we we decided like this is the idea. Then you got to go get Tracy on board. I mean, it could all fall apart if Tracy's like, hey, I'm already doing something or I'm tied up in another pro. He's in coming to America. And, you know, and Tracy's like, I love it. Let's do it. And we're like, okay. And let's figure out some other friends that could join us. And we've, we did that with uh, David Bautista and Liza Koshy and Bosa. And, you know, it's uh, the whole idea is, you know, with Rocket Mortgage, we want to make sure, you know, when, you know, especially during this time, uh, especially from March 11th on, Home has meant so much, more than and more than ever. It means uh, so much to people nowadays, right? Um, and so we want to make sure that you know, with Rocket Mortgage, America's largest lender, that people know that we're there for them, and that whatever we can do to help a client, you know, achieve the American dream, we're there for them. So the timing is perfect and was perfect to be in the Super Bowl, and we love this idea because it's the idea as you saw was Tracy, of you know, setting up the case of like, hey. You know, I'm not sure if we're ready. You and I are, let's say, you know, a couple and let's looking at a house. And it's like, hey, Dewey, I'm not sure if we're, you know, refi for finance. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm pretty sure. And when it, you know, pretty sure it cannot work when it comes to trying to purchase a home. You got to be certain. You saw Tracy take him through just insane scenes. You guys saw it. I mean, it is like jumping out of planes, bears, football player, you know, Bosa flipping over cars, crazy stuff. We actually shot five or six extra things that didn't make it. They're on the edit room floor right now. And um, Tracy was awesome. I mean, you know, sometimes when you work with celebrities, you don't know what you get. I mean, you know, from, in, you know, over the years is, you know, you, you think you're going to meet somebody and you're not sure if they are who they are. And we've been really, really blessed. We've did a Super Bowl ad with Keegan-Michael Key a few years ago, with Jason Momoa last year and Tracy this year. And I will tell you, any one of them could be sitting here with us today, and they are just, like, good, good people. And that's what makes it even better is, like, it's a true partnership working with somebody, and they're investing in the creative, and they want to make it better because it helps their brand as well. I mean, let's be honest. You know, we're putting these uh, folks in front of 130 million people, but – here we are. So super awesome. Uh, I'm going to like take a knee for about 30 days, and then we're <laughs> going to start thinking about next year because it's a seven, eight-month process. Well, again, maybe a little bias, you know, maybe for today, but I'm going to tell you unequivocally that was the best commercial you, on dude. Sunday Did during you vote the for game. It? Absolutely. You kidding me? For sure. Mm-hmm. You texted me right away and said you better vote right <laughs> now, right? You're on, you're on blast. I got it, it for sure. All right, well, keep, like, stay on that topic in terms yeah. of the uh, squares, uh, Barry Sanders, and everything yeah. else. Because, again, Kyle and listeners and viewers, 
what he just said, that's your whole year. If you have a job, if you have a career, you're a, that's what you do is just that. Uh-uh. You have, like, again, we'll talk about the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to talk about all the other things. But talk about Barry Sanders and the rest of your relationship with the NFL. Yeah, so we, we formed a partnership with the NFL a couple years ago. And it was really, it's an interesting story. And I've been public about it, so I'd love to tell it again. Was we wanted to do, like, our brand, we've done these stunts of the years. If you recall... You know, uh, Quicken Loans at the time with Michigan State, North Carolina, the game on the aircraft carrier. For sure. You know, first first brand to bring a game on the aircraft carrier a few years ago, five or six, seven years ago. You know, Quicken Loans and Warren Buffett did the billion-dollar bracket. Pick a perfect bracket, win a billion dollars. That was a year where I think everybody was out the first weekend because there was like <laughs> two 15-2 upsets at the time. Warren Buffett was involved with Warren that. Warren Buffett was, yep. Right. Quicken Loans, Quicken Loans program, and Warren uh, was a you know, uh, Berkshire Hathaway was yes. uh, part of that as well. You but, heard of this guy, Warren Buffett? Uh, vaguely yeah. familiar. Sully, yes. Sully's idol. <laughs> Sully's older, over older, there in the control room yeah. going, I love that guy. Older version of Dewey Stuffin. <laughs> <laughs> Goes through Fantastic. McDonald's every day, orders the same thing. <laughs> Drink the Coke and the, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the Dairy Queen, baby. Exactly right. Is uh, we want to do the stunt, we'll call it a stunt, a program, like, hey, let's do, like, the country's largest squares. I mean, I don't care if you're 8 or 80, we've all grown up playing squares, it's one of the great things to do, and whether you're an NFL fan or not, and we want to do these uh, Super Bowl squares, and we're like, we're going to do it, and we, we had the confidence to do it, with or without the NFL. I mean, obviously, you know, in the marketing world, you got to make sure, you know, everyone's uh, okay with it, is uh, we called the NFL to come into town, and they met with us, and... We pitched them the idea, and they said, wow, like you're saying that you want to do the Super Bowl squares, and you're not going to pay out at the half or a quarter, half end of the game. You want to pay every score. The media guy loved it because, like, wow, you know, God forbid there's a score, you know, that, you know, the game's out of hand, which we haven't seen in 10, 15, 20 years. Wow, that, that's a way for, our, you know, the consumers to maintain interest all the way through. Like, I have a square, and I could win 50000 or $100,000. And so the NFL came back to us, and we formed that quick partnership. Um, it was the fastest partnership uh, in shotgun wedding I've ever been a part of. <laughs> we went from first meeting to on air in five weeks, and so literally developed the program, got the contract, shot the commercial, and was on air in five or six weeks. Um, and by the way, doing the Jason Momoa commercial at the same exact time, so that was arduous. And uh, it's awesome. Love working with the NFL. We got partnerships with a number of teams. Work with Barry Sanders. I mean, you know, you guys have met with Barry. I mean. There is nobody nicer, and he's the goat. And to you know, have a to have the uh, privilege to work with somebody like Barry, who you know he makes his home here, and his businesses are here, and he's such a fan of the city, is awesome. We did a commercial this year with Larry Fitzgerald, right? Uh, you know, great wide receiver with the Arizona Cardinals. He was in our ad this year, and he's fantastic. He'll be back at the Rocket Mortgage Classic this year. We got to meet him at the RMC and started to form a relationship. We asked him to be in our commercial this year. And so, yeah, partnership with the NFL is pretty cool. I mean, it's the biggest – the NFL brand, if you think about how much that's grown over the last 20, 30 years, it is a 24-7, 365 brand. It's a monster. It's, well, it's a monster, right? As soon as, mm -hmm. as, soon as the, you know, the final uh, gun goes off on Super Bowl, you're only, what, six weeks from the NFL draft and OTAs and camps and, you know, da-da-da. And uh, it's, a, it's a really – it's an awesome partner to work with. And, you know, we feel like – you know, for as America's largest lender, it's awesome to work with uh, America's biggest brand, sporting brand. Have you had any of these, um, I don't know, ideas that you know don't stand the test of time? They they want you know one and done, anything like that? Any of these uh, yeah, you know, we, ideas? You know, over the, over my career, there's been a number of them. I mean, I we enjoy what we enjoy you know putting together are programs that have lasting power and you evolve. It's like anything else in life. You can set a plan and execute to the plan, and then you get. You get feedback, you get wins, you have losses. It's what you do afterwards is which is important. No different than any other business plan. I mean, last year was our first year of the Rocket Mortgage Classic or the the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares, and I thought it went awesome and it, it, it performed very well if you if you th look at KPIs. But then we got feedback like, how can we make it better? So we spent the next four months like, all right, let's le let's learn and then how can we make this year's better for for our brand, for clients, for an experience, whatever it may be. I mean, we, t we, take, we take that philosophy and apply it uh, to everything we do. I mean, one of our operating, you know, uh, principles at Quicken Loans, and Dan Gilbert talks about it all the time, like, if it's okay, it's okay to fail, but fail fast, learn, and go. I mean, I've never been in anywhere where it's like the ability, the ability and the empowerment that everybody has within the organization to just go. 
and one of our isms is uh, we'll figure it out, and I love it. I mean, I use we'll figure it out every single day, and uh, we'll figure it out has been by far the most used ism that we've used since March 11th. So once we once we moved home, uh, you know, 98% of us moved home almost a year ago, 11 months ago. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times we're in. Do you want financial freedom instead? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. They build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That's what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments and better service than anyone out there. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. So why don't we transition over to the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic yeah. and talk about uh, the golf and bogey. I know this is this is something that's near and dear to you. Well, uh, you it's know. certainly a huge brand and, you know, a tournament that just continues to get, you know, bigger and bigger. Obviously, this past year in 2020, unfortunate that, that fans couldn't be in attendance, but regardless, ended up getting a, a fantastic event, and it really couldn't have worked out better for you guys with Bryson DeChambeau yeah. winning the tournament the same year that he won the U.S. Open. Right. And, oh, by the way, probably the most controversial golfer, you know, that calendar year, it just being so polarizing, it, that had to be, without fans, as big a success as you could probably have hoped for, maybe. Yeah, it was, and, you know, the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic was a vision many, many years ago. We used to sponsor... Uh, the Quicken Loans National out in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And years ago, the conversation was, how could we, you know, working with the PGA Tour, how could we have a tournament in Detroit? And, you know, we, we came to an impasse of which there just wasn't a path forward to Detroit. And so, you know, we, we had a, you know, a courageous conversation with the PGA Tour and helped them understand how important Detroit was to us. And then we started to open those doors back up. And the Rock and Mortgage Classic was literally born and, and only could be in the city. And, of course, the Detroit Golf Club was the perfect place to be. And 2019 was the first best and only year for us. We didn't know what to expect. We sold out Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Crowds were great. Hospitality was sold out. Uh, the great story with Nate Lashley winning. We had a really strong field. And then so we were doing all the planning going into 2020. And then March 11th, we all went home and – I remember I was supposed to be down actually at the players tournament because that was the weekend of the players. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up staying because it was like you heard this thing was happening, right? And, you know, there's speculation what was going to happen that week. And so we said, you know what? We're going to take a knee. We're not going to Florida. We're going to be here working. And then if you remember that day, March 11th, it was like I, I remember it clear as day. I'm in an office working. All of a sudden you're watching the thing like NBA. You know, players were getting pulled off the ACC mm-hmm. tournament floor. Michigan was about to tip off, and all of a sudden, like, and um, the players, like, guys were finishing the round. They walked off, and they're like, "Not sure." Like, we'll let you know, and they end up obviously canceling the weekend because unprecedented. Long story short, so for about thirty days, we weren't sure what was going to happen with the Rock and Mortgage Classic. I mean, we're like, we're ordering stuff, and tickets are about to go on sale, and all all the right things for a tournament that's going to be played. Uh, in you know uh, June, and about 30 days later, the PGA Tour came to us and said, "We have a pathway. We're ready to. We're, we have a pathway to start again, meaning you know start up the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. PGA Tour, if you remember, was one of the first. You know, actually, yeah. it was, I think the first sport to turn back on. If you yeah, will. well, there was a there was a fundraising effort, if I'm not mistaken, a two v two. There was what Matthew Wolf, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler. Obviously, you yeah. guys are, are familiar with yep. him. And Rory was it Rory McIlroy? I think Rory was. I think yeah, it was like yeah, those DJ. four, and that was kind of the start. That was obviously a fundraising event. Yep. And then right after that, that's when the PGA got back involved, and that's just. Yeah. I mean, we needed it. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. In the PGA Tour, when they came to us, said, "If you think about it, it was in April, and they the, they said we want to come back, and here are the tournaments, and here are the dates. We want, and Detroit would be the week of like Fourth of July weekend. So in April." If you recall, what was happening in April at that time. COVID cases were very, very strong. Detroit was, you know, 
uh, in the epicenter, if you will, of COVID at the time. Um, you know, and so we had to make a decision in April, but we meet working with local, state, city, community leaders, they all gave us the you know vote of confidence to stage the Rock and Mortgage Classic, albeit we, we did not expect to have fans. So you start to fast forward. So we had to reimagine the tournament, right? Look, feel, networks, what have you. And we'll talk about that tournament, but one of the most important things we, we, what we took away was if we're going to put on this tournament, we need to make sure that we're building, uh, f- building further impact in the city. And that's where, you know, unfortunately, COVID shined a, a spotlight on the fact that 30% of our Detroit residents do not have access to the Internet. And in 20 or 2020, 20 or 2021, I think it's unfathomable. And you think about not having access uh, to the Internet. If you're eight years old, school, right? If you're 28, job, you know, searching for jobs or professional development. Eight to 80, health, you know, telemedicine, healthcare. And so we found the Rock and Mark Classic, like, we're going to bring it, and we're going to raise a bunch of money, and it's, you know, so that's where we kicked off. Was that the changing, changing the course changing the and course, Connect 313? Connect 313, okay. and we raised $2.7 million, uh, dollars and our friends, you know, corporate partners, and Ricky, and, you know, that Wednesday before, Bubba actually on Sunday called us and said, I want to do something for you guys. And literally in 24 hours, we got NBC Golf Channel and Bubba, and he went and played 18 holes. And it was the first time anyone had done it on that Wednesday. It was like a pro-am. And they just mic the guys up, and they raised a bunch of money. I think it was like Harold Harold Varner, Wesley Bryan, D, uh, JJ, J-Day, and uh, Bubba. And um, then the, the tournament started, and it was awesome. Like, you know, the story of the Bryson. I mean, he averaged, what, 350 off the tee that day. And just crushed the course. And he was down three strokes going into Sunday. People forget uh, Matthew Wolf, who, you know, young hot shot with a little hitch, was uh, three shots up going into Sunday. And I rode behind them all day because I wanted, I was like, I got to watch this. And I had an upfront Working, seat. you're working. I was, I was observing. Working. Observing. <laughs> observing. Right. Not spectating, but observing <laughs> at a safe and healthy distance. And uh, it was, you know, t- t- so Bryson, uh, Bryson like crushed it. And you know, great. So we were really fortunate. Two years into it, we've had two great champions. And now it's like, all right, now, you know, so the, we're building towards our tournament this year. So in 2021, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's similar necessarily to 2020. I feel like, and I hope that, you know, come July, we're going to be a little bit closer to being back to normal, probably not fully back to normal, but what are the contingency plans? How are you going about this year, you know, as opposed to in last year? And maybe what prepared you for this year that yeah, you had to deal yeah, with in great, 2020? Great question. I mean, last year, we had to prepare with five or six weeks' notice to put on a tournament without fans, and we figured that out, right? Along with all the safety. I mean, we still, it's at the incredible. end of the day, you still had, you know, between a full field, probably 500 people on course, so we had all the protocols, what have you. For this year, I mean, we plan and hope to have fans. Um, our tournament this year is June 28th through July 4th, so we'll wrap up uh, Championship Sunday on, on the 4th of July, which will be great. And then now we're just watching what's happening. I mean, we just saw this past weekend at Waste Management, which, have you ever been to Waste Management? I have been there, yeah. One time I haven't like yet. Day. It's crazy. I'm I need to. You, I'm going to tell you right now, 16th hole, I don't care what day it is, Thursday through Sunday is like, it's nothing like I've ever been to in my life. It's like <laughs> it's like opening day at Wrigley meets Mardi Gras meets something like Indy Pool party in Vegas party. or something. Like, <laughs> it is insane. But, like, what's what we're hopeful, and you know, as we're watching in Arizona, they had what eight to eight, ten, twelve thousand people at waste management. Now they're on the Florida swing, right? So you have like Honda players, wherever else, you know, they're they're planning on fans there. So uh, we're planning, we're planning having fans. We're going to be building towards it more. You know, obviously, you know, everything is subject to change, but we're we're building towards that, and you know. We're working towards having a great field again. We've already got, you know, we've got some great guys already. We haven't announced anything yet, but we have some great players that are really loving the the, the course. Like, it's amazing, Bogey. Like, you hear the stories. Ricky Fowler told me this story. Um, his first time here at the Rock and Mortgage Classic in Detroit, he's been to Detroit before, is I was driving around the city. And we went down the Shinola Hotel, had dinner. We took him to the rooftop, watched the fireworks. And he was telling me, he goes, Casey, you have to realize – you know, there's 45 tournaments. The average guy plays 25 tournaments. Outside of uh, East Lake in Atlanta, every tournament course is in a suburb. Or blah, blah, blah. So people ask me, like, hey, what do you think about D.C.? He's like, I've never been there because I'm always out in Maryland or Virginia. Hey, how's <laughs> Dallas? I don't know. I'm out in, you know, I'm out in, uh, um, you know, the suburb, whatever it might be. He goes, outside of Atlanta, Detroit, this is the only city we can truly be in. And so 
the, the guys loved and their player and the, the wives and the, the family and the support loved the downtown last you know the first year last year was a little bit abbreviated mm-hmm. we had to work around some things but um, what's good is you start to get that flywheel momentum because the first year we were hustling every week going to tournaments and telling everybody like visit Detroit and check out all this you know like come visit us and you know we had a great field solid field and the next year all of a sudden it was hey I heard you know you're you're walking on the tee box at the Genesis in L A or players and you you go to talk to somebody and you're like you know what Patrick Reed was telling me how great you got, you know, how well you treated him, and he loved his comment to the hotel, and I put me down. And so that starts to be the flywheel effect, and, you know, for us, it's a chance, you know, to have great golf, to have, met, you know, Detroit, which is still one of the, what, top three golf courses per capita in France, but it's such an awesome opportunity for to shine a spotlight on the city. Well, the city, it's unbelievable. I think the entire state, too, you know, and, and that's something certainly that I'm passionate about, you know, golf here in the state of Michigan, you know, Metro Detroit golfers, obviously a community that, that I'm a part of, but mm-hmm. there's people don't realize there's almost 900 golf courses across the state of Michigan. I mean, it, it truly is a, a huge golf state. There's an appetite. The fact that a PGA event went out of our state, you know, for so many years is unfortunate. So for you guys to bring it back, to bring it to Detroit specifically, and a course in a club as historic as Detroit Golf Club, it is to me the perfect marriage. And honestly, it couldn't be better timing either. You know, based on this past year, there's a stat out there: uh, seven million people this past year either picked up golf again or started playing for the first time in their life. Golf, I think, is truly evolving, and I don't need to spend too much time on this, but clearly, I'm passionate about it. And for so many years, you hear that, you know, golf is an older person's sport right. and, you know, stuffy and all that, you know, it, it's it's going to go away. It's not doing well. I think the exact opposite. And I'd be curious to know from, you know, your standpoint, the marketing side, if you guys feel that way, because I think it's just changing and becoming younger and younger people are really embracing it from all kinds of, of I guess, statuses in life. You can just want to go and drink and have fun. You can be a serious golfer, whatever it may be. Are, are you noticing a yeah, little bit of that? I mean, absolutely. And I think, you know, one is golf. I mean, golf is a wide range of, uh, you know, rabid, rabid fans. And you start to see from a youth standpoint, that's one of our initiatives, too, within the Rock and Mortgage Classic. Uh, being in the city of Detroit, we want to make sure the community is engaged, working with great organizations like Midnight Golf, right, and making sure that the youth clinics – the youth, the city, high school students, college students have a chance to have an opportunity to be an apprentice, work at the tournament, uh, kids clinics, whatever it might be. We got some other things that we're exciting things that we're going to be uh, we're going to be announcing as part of it. But you're exactly right. I mean, that's a lot of you know when you do when you do the Rock and Mortgage Classic, shine a great spotlight in our city, all the great things that are happening not only downtown but in the surrounding communities. Do good by the community and the, with the Connect Three One Three. Uh, connect three on three and changing the course and it's also like you know uh, endearing ourselves with the community whether that's fans that come every day or the youth that have a chance for maybe one of the first times picking up a club or learning something and it's as we all know it's a it's a lifelong sport i i never picked up a club until you know i think i was a senior in college and you know i love the game don't get to play it very often uh but i love the game and for me it's a life it's a lifelong sport and i'm teaching my kids that too and i would say the best four hours you can ever spend with somebody is you know, on a golf cart. The best memories in my life with my dad um, being able to golf, you know, whenever that is. And I'm fortunate uh, to still be able to do that. Dewey, I'm going to hijack this for a couple more selfish questions on my part. And yeah. I got to ask this because yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, you're getting ready for 2021 <laughs> right. and uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic and you have a, a great lineup and players that are going to be here. Yeah. I'm sure you get this question as many times as possible. Tiger Woods. The status of Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger, yeah, I mean, yeah. you knew it was coming, yeah. obviously. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've we've been. Well, hard. before we do that, let's yeah. uh, tell tell about you got the you had the pleasure of uh, playing around with Tiger, and uh, you did. can tell that story as well, and maybe uh, you'll uh, I don't know call in a chip or something that you yeah, had. Yeah, well, that trust day. me, I, you know, I had a chance to play with Tiger Woods in 2018 and at the Quicklands National, as it knows, pro am in DC. It was easily. I'm a bogey golfer and proud to be one. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm eighty. I'm anywhere between eighty five and one hundred five. Generally, in you know high eighties and nineties, uh, low nineties. And uh, I had a chance to play eighteen holes with him, and it was easily the most nerve wracking moment walking up to that first tee. I settled in nicely, and I can tell you, it was just an awesome. Like, it's. I told my daughter, who was eleven at the time, with me. I'm like, honey, you don't understand, but. You will tell this story at my funeral. 
right? Like dad got to play 18 holes with Tiger. Well, were you nervous, more nervous because so, you, you had Tiger Woods yeah. watching your swing or were you more nervous because there were fans lying was, along the fairway and well, you could it, hit one of them? What's funny, when I first told my wife I was going to play in the program with Tiger Woods, she said, you can't do that. Like, you're not that good. I go, first of all, how would you know? Second of all, in 25 years of playing pro-ams, I promise you I'm not the worst golfer. I end up having like two or three, like it's a low net thing. I think I had two or three uh, pars. I think I had a birdie. There you scored go. some points, and you know it, it's a it's a low net. So you know if Tiger's sitting on the green on two, and I'm still floundering around the you know the fairway at, sitting on four, I was smart enough that I would just pick up my bomb like I'll see you at the first next <laughs> tee. But um, listen, having Tiger Woods, I mean in Detroit, there's 45 golf tournaments that would love to have Tiger play every year. Um, you know we know we know uh, Tiger and his his team, and we'll continue to always to have the ask and. You know, Tiger's got some lineage here. His father is friends with, uh, you know, some folks from Detroit. And, you know, we hope we hope one time, uh, you know, at least once he'll he'll come to our fair city. And, you know, but we're pretty proud of the lineup we had, you know, last year with Jason Day and DeChambeau and Ricky and Bubba and Patrick Reed and some of the young guns, Victor Hovland who, and Matthew Wolf. Like, the, you know, really, that was just last year's field, I'm telling you. This year's, uh, you know, looks to be just as strong, if not stronger. Well, we're excited to get out there and uh, see the event in June of this year. And uh, Tiger or no Tiger, it's going to be amazing. But if anybody mm-hmm. out there listening or watching knows how to get this to Tiger, Tiger, we'd love to have you. I always tell you, I tweet them. Tweet them. Tweet them. Whatever well, it goes, pull out your little magic piece of glass and just go to Twitter and just, you know, he may not read it, but just, right, right. it's, uh, I'll try to use any type of influencer and. I could. So before we uh, transition into like more business yep. uh, stuff, let's wrap up with maybe the giving back and the Decked Out Detroit initiatives and RMC Charity Foundation, the Rocket Giving Fund. I know we touched on it again with three one three Connect three one three, but can you just again, uh, you know, what across all the channels that you're overseeing, what's going on just in the you know the communities around you know the United yeah. States, if not here? Yeah, thanks for asking, Dewey. I mean, you know, one of the one of the great uh, privileges I have in my role is yep, I'm doing marketing and advertising for the brands. Uh, but at, at our at the rocket companies and with Dan Gilbert and you know we have a, a, this philosophy of uh, for more than profit and Dan always says do well by doing good and you know if you know, come down downtown Detroit and you know it, it feels just so special to work at a company where when I walk outside every day uh, when I'm in the office but when I walk outside every day and the little piece of what I do I can see helping make an impact in in the community whether it's you know everything happening downtown with. You know, going vertical and construction and jobs, uh, our work with schools and communities, our work with veteran homeless, uh, veteran homeless uh, situation is 40,000 veterans uh, that are uh, homeless in this country. And I, I can't think of anybody that, you know, believes that the, you know, a hero that comes home and kisses the ground should also have to sleep on it. Uh, we're heavily involved with uh, Build for Zero and Community Solutions on that. So there's a lot of things that we do within, within the Rocket Giving Fund as well as our uh, Rocket Community uh, Fund where... We're giving back to the community, and oh, by the way, hours. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll have over two hundred thousand volunteer offer, offer uh, hours. Our team members will do every year. One of my favorite things I do every year, when we could, but we'll get back to it this year, is I go to schools and just read books to kids. And we have kids. Uh, I have four interns right now from high school uh, through uh, Urban Alliances, a great program, by the way. You should look at it quite honestly for uh, for Great Lakes Wealth. And for you guys, it's it's Detroit uh, public school, high school kids that are interested in different industries. And I just met four young students yesterday, and uh, that's awesome. It just feels like I do a lot of work. I work hard, but, man, the what brings me as much joy, if not more, is knowing that a little bit of what I do helps contribute to the communities. But being able to spend time and pay it forward, if you will, and give back to either the community or young people or whatever it may be, to me, that's you know, it's all about leaving footprints and trying to leave a place better than you found it. So, Amen, brother. We're uh, we're big advocates of uh, giving back here at Great Lakes Wealth. We encourage you at uh, uh, Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loans to continue those amazing efforts. We're doing our little small part here at uh, Great Lakes Wealth. Kyle, you and Sully and Brand 25 and Metro Detroit Golfers are also, we see uh, monthly on your social media, the, the checks that you're writing. And we encourage everyone out there, right? We're still just you know in the surviving mode and trying to thrive you know from 2020 but every day somebody in our community um, 
has a situation that we can all help, right? So amen, and uh, we appreciate mm-hmm. all that. Um, let's switch gears real quick. You know, yeah. we're running out of time, but I'd like to hear a little bit about you know your business thoughts just in general, whether it's about just the changes of marketing and branding, but overall in business. You know, we talked uh, before this episode um, was going to be recorded about just, you know, that you can't do everything yourself. Like, you have to have teammates. You have to hire professionals. You kind of, uh, you can do it all yourself, but maybe that's not the right way. So just maybe what's your thoughts about just, yeah. you know, business? in general i mean dewey thanks for asking i mean I think you know i've been fortunate over the course of my career I've, I've dabbled in everything right i mean growing up in the when the marketing advertising world it was pretty simple back in the 90s you had television you had print that was it right and now the world that we live in with the marketing advertising the multi-screen multi-device all the attribution that goes along with it so while i've learned a lot of things over the time i will tell you i was you know, i'm a master of all you know a jack of all trades master of none I try to be second or third best at everything, uh, but make sure I surround myself with the best. And, uh, you know, as a leader, and I'm fortunate to be a leader uh, within the Rocket Companies and the Quicken Loans Marketing Team, uh, what I what I strive on is finding, you know, leaders and team members that um, <clears throat> are the best at what they do. And I want to make sure that as a leader, I'm there to give them guidance, feedback, guidance, knock down walls, whatever it might be, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that I work for my team. And if I can provide that to my team, that allows them uh, ideally to operate operate as they should and know that they've got my support. And I think that that's just like a flywheel effect. And I expect them to do that for their – if they have people that report to them and what have you. So, um, you know, I've been fortunate to work work with some uh, and learn from some really good business people over the course of years. And I've got great mentors, you know, that, you know, at uh, Quicken Loans right now. And so – so, right, many hands make for uh, light work, yep. and uh, you know a team is together. Everyone achieves more. Is that about right? That's right. Okay. Well, as we always do here at the What Do We Do podcast, when we have a guest, Casey, oh boy, we put you on the spot. Okay, <laughs> I forgot this part. This coming. is this is. <laughs> I didn't prepare. Go. Listen, everybody. I'm very intrigued. If, if no one's if you, if you're listening for the first time and you're not familiar, this is the segment we call <laughs> What. Casey do what Casey do? what Go Casey ahead. do right yep. we would like to know what would today's Casey Herbis mm-hmm. tell his 18 year old self if he had a chance yeah well I'm gonna tell you can I give you two examples you can give me three or four this is actually your show well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give one because this is something <laughs> that I preach to young people in business and I'm sure you have a lot of young people that uh listen to you right absolutely, absolutely. um Eight to eighty-eight. That's kind eight, of our demographic. Eight to eighty-eight. Well, <laughs> eight this, is, 88. this is something when I go to my kids' middle school, high school, interns, I share them a great Warren Buffett quote. And the Warren Buffett quote is: "It took you know, it takes twenty years to build a reputation or five minutes to ruin it. If you think about it, you do things different." And I go, "When Warren Buffett said that, he didn't apply it to the use of social media." And so what I what I tell young people is: there's another slide I show. That says, I'm so glad I grew up in the 70s and 80s because I did a lot of stupid shit and there ain't no record of it, right? And <laughs> No receipts. No yeah. receipts. But the reason I tell that story is I always say, and I use an analogy of like a blank canvas. Like all of us are painting a blank canvas. I mean, my canvas is only halfway there. I got, you know, I'm only halfway there. But young people in this business, like watch. Think about your canvas and what you're doing every day and how that adds to that canvas. Because the last thing you want is, you know, a decision you make today to maybe – bite you in the butt or, you know, come back around on you. I mean, there's times that, you know, I've looked at my use of social media eight, ten years ago, and it doesn't feel very good. And I've made mistakes. I've woken up on a Saturday or Sunday and said, you know, I don't know if I should have. And, uh, you know, I remind myself of that quote because as I'm painting my canvas, I want to make sure I don't make many mistakes. So that's one I tell young people. And the other thing, one I do too, and the world was a lot different, Dewey, when you and I were coming out of school is I didn't understand, and you're an excellent networker. You're one of the best networkers I know. I didn't understand the power of networking until I was probably five or ten years into my career. Um, the world was a lot different back then. La- you know, back then it was all about you know grip, grin, handshakes, you know, uh, a-, a power lunch. Um, but the world we have today, with you know, obviously LinkedIn, social media platforms, what have you. What I tell all young people is, I wish I told the 18 year old Casey, understand the power of networking and how that can help you. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but maybe 10, 15 years. It's, it's crazy as we get older in business how all of a sudden somebody comes back in my life or I need, or somebody needs something or I need something, and I'm reaching back 10, 15, 20 years that maybe I haven't seen you in 10 or 15 years. But, wow, back then for whatever we were doing, things were you know good between us, but life moves on, is uh, what I would say is you know, 
build network network and build build purpose and invest in those relationships because you never know when that that relationship could help could help you personally professionally combination there mm -hmm. with them appreciate that and i couldn't yeah. uh i couldn't agree more right they call that don't burn bridges number one that's my and, other credo right too, and then you will, you will cross it and then casey as middle-aged uh young men that we are we used to have these things the bogey you never heard of this but it's called a rolodex mm -hmm. and you'd have everyone's I business have cards okay so anybody out there i still have a business card anybody right here out there who's a millennial <laughs> or a gen z or go google I used, I rolodex used to keep, i used to keep all my business cards in my uh franklin covey Oh, Remember there you go. Yeah, that? sure. The the day plan or whatever the, it's called, That was the right? precursor the, to the Palm Pilot. The fa they call it like the f uh, file facts or something Remember like that. Remember every year in January, you'd have to go to the Franklin Covey yes. store, and you'd have to stand in line, yeah. and you'd buy your thing, and you'd put it in, you start right, and you'd get all your contacts. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got the Palm Pilot, and then absolutely. the world took off. Yeah, but uh, but it is so important, contacts and relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Life is all about relationships, so I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, before we wrap up, one last thing. Give us a minute or two just on your family. Share with, uh, you know, I know you love them all dearly, and I, I'm yeah. blessed to have met them and know who they are. And so give them a shout-out if you can. Yeah, well, I'm blessed. I met my wife. We've been married 22 years this year. Uh, we were lifeguards back. I was in a lot better shape back in the day. <laughs> I was. Uh, I played high school water polo and college water polo, and uh, after during the summers of college, I would lifeguard because that's what swimmers did. And uh, I met my bride back in 19—I got to do the math—91. So, my, oh, my God, we're going on like 30 years this year. I've known her. I've been married 22 years, and we're blessed to have two great kids, 15 and 10, Peyton and Cash, and uh, they're great kids. You know, being a father is, uh, you know, it's the best job you could ever ask for, and so it's a lot of freaking work, though. <laughs> well, a shout right? out, right? A shout out to uh, Cindy, Peyton, and Cash, yeah. right? Casey's uh, dad's on his way home. That's why I'm working so yeah. hard, working with you to make right sure on. that uh, they're taken care of. <laughs> Absolutely. They're amazing, and uh, we're blessed to have you here today, Casey. Kyle, anything else that's. Uh... No, just, I mean, you know, such good insight uh, as somebody who is, you know, trying to to build uh, really a couple of businesses, you know, right now. It, the words that you said about networking and. Even in my short career over the last you know decade, twelve years, whatever you want to call it, it it's amazing to me as I've kind of shifted roles um, how intertwined it can be. You know, in different roles now, but it, it's amazing people I interacted with when I was twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and all of a sudden it's coming back You'll around and, and skills that I had you know then and that I developed over the years. All of a sudden, it, it's all. You know, I need every single one of those things to be able to do my job on a daily basis. So just, you know, tremendous advice. Really, I, really appreciate I, it. And I'll tell you, Bogey, like I also think in the Metro Detroit area, and I, I say this in the marketing advertising world, but it applies you know, most. This is a this is a town, this is a city where it's inevitably it's within you're always within about one point five degrees of separation. You know, in terms of networking, what have you. While you may not know somebody, but Dewey May or myself, it's always it's, it's a tight knit community mm -hmm. and across all industries. I mean, I'm in a different industry than Dewey, but you know, inevitably there's probably sixty percent crossover at the end of the day. And you know, talking about never burning bridges is like you know your reputation that twenty minutes, you know, twenty years in five minutes to ruin it, and it's huge. making sure you've got a good solid reputation and building solid uh, trust based relationships that will will carry you far in life. Well, Casey, with that, thanks again for coming in. Yeah, the second you. guest ever on the What Do We Do podcast, episode 34. Who's number three? That's the tease. To oh, be announced. To be announced, right? <laughs> well, okay. Casey's done for the day, but as we always say here at uh, What Do We Do, we're just getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please. Seek advice from a licensed professional.